They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is the GenSend Podcast with Shane Pruitt, Paul Wooster, and Lacey Via Sr. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Jensen Podcast, a new season. We tend to be a part of the rhythm where we take the summers off, not off from ministry. Most of the time we're all traveling in different places, but from off of having these conversations on the Jensen Podcast. So we're excited about the fall. We're excited about this new season. We're excited about the conversations. We hope it's a help to you, a blessing to you. And we just want to remind you, like, if this is a help to you and you feel like these conversations are engaging and is really a a blessing to your ministry and will be a blessing to other ministries, we want you to share this. Share this with your friends. Share it on social media. Go ahead and give it a subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, a like, uh, a rating. Those help as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. The Jensen Podcast is fun to see the tribe continue to grow. This podcast has been almost like a grassroots movement. So we've been able to see it continue to grow. So thank you so much for being a part of that journey with us. Paul, Lacey, how's it going? How's the summer been? What's God doing, you know, during the summer in both of you guys' lives? Oh, it's It's been been good. Mm -hmm. Lots of travel. I got to go to our student camp, which was awesome and just incredible to get to be with all those people. We did a call to ministry there and saw a huge response. I know Shane, you've been seeing that throughout the summer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Paul, you catching any waves, man? I know you've been doing a lot of ministry, catching some waves too. No, not really, man. It's been, uh, haven't had a lot of time to surf (laughs) lately, actually, (laughs) but um but yeah we've been doing some conferences and things with collegiate leaders uh one that was really fun is called bc net so it's a kind of this collaborative environment for collegiate leaders and that was so fun about 50 60 leaders but we were split up into different groups like planning ideas and all sorts of great strategies and all sorts of things came out of that so that was a ton of fun being with some of the baptist collegiate ministry family church-based and campus-based and so yeah, when you put a bunch of leaders in a room and just say, hey, let's figure out stuff, there's all sorts of <laughs> stuff that can happen. Some yeah. good, some bad. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, Lacey, you mentioned it already about um, getting to see a lot of students uh, even this summer and really even before the summer, surrendering to a calling ministry leadership. Paul, I know you've seen that. Um, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, I have my called hat on. I've got uh, my called you- shirt on. Oh, yeah, you got your cold shirt on. You're ready. (laughs) So I got my cold hat and my original Dream Team US Olympic. Oh, okay. The swag level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, yeah. And if you only listen to this audio, that's a great opportunity to be reminded there is a video aspect of this, too, if you want to join us on the Jensen YouTube channel. But in light of what we're talking about, Lacey, tell us about our guest today, what we're talking about, all that good stuff. I am pumped about this conversation. Yeah, I'm so excited because I have uh, one of my favorite people at NAM with us today. I always say I want to be like her when I grow up. I think she's just an absolute rock star, evangelist, disciple maker, and honestly, just follower of Jesus. Um, She helps lead 
the evangelism team here at the North American Mission Board, specifically with women in evangelism. Um, So I'm excited to pick her brain as we talk about leading women who are called to ministry, feel that unique calling to vocational ministry. Catherine, we're so excited that you're here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, yeah, I tell Lacey all the time, she's way too kind and she needs higher <laughs> goals. So <laughs> yeah, I'm so thankful just to be able to serve with you all. And man, what a privilege it is just to be used by Jesus and to be a part of what he's doing to advance the kingdom. I, I think there's nothing like it. And just super grateful to be here with you guys today. Catherine Renfro is one of the best personal soul winners that I know. Like it challenges me so much, Paul, Lacey, I know y'all as well, because mm-hmm. we're in a big group text together and she'll be like, pray for so-and-so I just share the gospel with them <laughs> or I'm about to have a gospel appointment with this person pray and I'm like oh man it makes me go what am I doing with my life you know <laughs> yeah, yeah we always say she could share the gospel with like a wall you know yeah <laughs> well as we were mentioning before you know we have seen a really awesome response to um, when we give a call to ministry, whether um, it's student pastors at a camp, whether it's Shane, when he goes and speaks, wherever we've we've gone, we've seen a massive response of women and men responding to this call to ministry. And what we really saw was that about half of these people who were responding were girls, and we didn't have the best follow-up or leaders didn't feel as equipped when it came to discipling and leading those girls. And even when I was doing some research for this episode, most recent stats show that 41% of women are getting degrees versus 32% of men. So even when we look at the demographic that we're really focused on reaching college campuses, college students, the majority of those people on those campuses are women. And so I look at that and I'm like, man, we need more laborers for the gospel who are women, who are strong evangelists, who are willing to go out and boldly share the gospel. And so this really begs the question, this kind of has shaped our uh, conversation today. How do we lead and disciple these ladies who have this unique calling to vocational ministry? And that's what we're going to dive into today with Catherine. Yeah, I love that. And let's kind of jump into your story a little bit, Catherine. Give us a picture of what were some of the helpful things that ministry leaders did in your life and when you decided to pursue ministry. Can you kind of give us a peek into that that story there? Absolutely, Paul. That's a it's a great question because when I when I look back now at the years that have gone by, and it was really when I was uh, probably in college that I really started seriously thinking about a calling to ministry. Um, but I think about the fact that God put so many leaders in my life that just believed in me and saw something in me before I even saw it in myself. And um, I think some of the most helpful things uh, that those leaders did was, uh, one, they invested time in me. They, you know, they spent time with me. They let me go where they were going. They let me be a part of ministry as they were doing it. But they also just discipled me personally. Um, But one of the greatest things uh, that a leader did is really just sat down and had a conversation with me. Uh, When they saw a calling on my life for ministry, It wasn't something that they just saw and then just kept going about life, but they sat me down. Um, It was actually a student pastor that I was serving with at the time um, in in my local church who sat me down and said, hey, I see this calling in your life to ministry and then asked me about an opportunity to intern that next summer. And so that really was the starting point. And um, I've shared this with some others, like 
before this student pastor talked to me, I was already wrestling internally with this calling to ministry. One, being female. Two, having nobody in my family that was in ministry full time. I had no idea what that even looked like. And so for someone else to come alongside of me and say, hey, I see this. It was the first time that that someone else articulated verbally what I was already processing internally. And I think a lot of times, especially ladies, they don't talk about this internal wrestle that they may be feeling to ministry. It's like, oh, I don't know that that's really for me. And then they keep moving. And so today I'm so grateful for the leaders that that sat down and actually expressed uh, in my life verbally uh, the calling that they saw um, and then allowed me to take steps from there. Um, so conversations uh, also leaders just gave me opportunities to serve. They gave me opportunities to lead, whether that was leading a Bible study with middle school and high school girls, whether that was planning Wednesday night gatherings or planning mission trips, you know, all the things that that come along in student ministry, because that's where we started. Um, and I look back and those days shaped everything about where I am today. I remember going through my first summer of interning and then uh, the student pastor, Nate, suggesting that I take next steps uh, to go into seminary and get my master's degree if I thought, you know, I could really see myself doing this uh, vocationally. Yeah, that's awesome. And Catherine, I love that you mentioned Nate and his journey in your life because Lacey and I know Nate and we're big fans of Nate as well. And uh, now he's, uh, uh, you know, in Lacey's home church and a church in my area. So we're big fans of him and, and how um, God's used him in your life. You know, um, and, and I love how you mentioned really kind of all three of those aspects. You know, when you say when someone goes, how do I know God's calling me to ministry? He says there's this inside affirmation that only comes from the Holy Spirit. So you talked about this stirring inside of you. Uh, and outside affirmation that usually comes from trusted leaders in your life where people go, I see this in you. Do you see it in yourself? And then an opportunity affirmation where God's giving you these opportunities to walk in this calling that he's placed you on. So I love that you said like you felt all three of those and how God was using that. Let me ask you this, Catherine. So once you put your yes on the table, you go, okay, I believe God's called me to surrender to a calling of ministry leadership on my life. I've said yes. Um, I think a lot of people kind of struggle to go, okay, once I've said yes, I feel this calling. What does that specifically look like for me? So how did you like navigate that in your life where you're going, okay, I know God's coming into ministry leadership. How did you navigate what that specifically looked like? Yeah. Sure. Um, I want to take you back to high school. <laughs> Again, a senior in high school, you know, the months before you graduate, you're trying to pick a college, you're trying to pick a degree. Um, and I remember filling out college applications and thinking, all right, I'm looking at this whole list of majors. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. Why is right. there not an option to just live forever on a mission trip? <laughs> like, <laughs> like That's what I just wanted to do. Now, I had no uh -huh. idea about this calling of ministry or anything like that. I, I just knew I didn't want to do a lot of things that you could choose a major for. I wanted to live on a forever mission trip. And wow. I just remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to choose a major. Um, and I chose broadcast journalism and I just went after that and pursued that in the meantime, still knowing that I love the local church. I mm. loved serving in the local church. Everything that I did in high school, um, had to do with my student ministry <laughs> and the church. And so, okay, what do I do from here? And, uh, so I just found a church to plug into as a college student and I just found areas to serve in. Um, I knew I had a passion for ministry. I didn't know what it looked like long term. So I said, I'm just going to serve 
where I am, you know? And so I didn't know what area that looked like. I didn't know what God was calling me to do or what he would call me to do. So I served in the college ministry that I was a part of, um, helped out wherever I could there. And then I really plugged into the student ministry at our church. And that's where I began uh, every Sunday morning started out hanging out with eighth grade girls and uh, started leading a group. Actually, we still laugh about it today. They're like married and having kids now. And that's crazy. Uh, Does that make you feel like, wow, this is so many years have gone by. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about it, actually. We're all getting older, except for Lacey. Lacey's still young. The rest of us are getting older. Right, right. It's kind of funny because they tell this story of when they find out who their who their Sunday school teacher would be and they saw Miss Renfro and what they didn't know is I was like a junior in college. They thought I was like, you know, just an older person. (laughs) Um, But that is where I started, just just pouring into these eighth grade girls. And then that led to being able to serve in other areas of the student ministry. And I just I found myself given all of my free time in college to this student ministry, whether that was Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, Sunday mornings. And I just, I knew I had a love for discipling students, um, girls specifically. I knew I loved studying the Bible and teaching scripture. I knew those are the things that I enjoyed. And so I just tried to find ways to serve um, in those areas. And so as I was discerning this, this type of ministry role that the Lord was calling me to, uh, I remember thinking I could literally do this forever. Mm-hmm. I could just invest in students forever. And I think that's yeah. where the Lord started helping me to really define the area uh, and the role of ministry that he was calling me to. And so um, once I said yes to actually pursuing um, ministry uh, vocationally, um, I just remember giving everything to to being with students, uh, to pouring into them. And then from there, you know, Nate is the one that really directed me to go to seminary. Um, he said, if you can really see yourself doing this, um, like for the long haul, he recommended that I go to seminary. And I remember wow. saying, like, what seminary, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. I went to Southeastern. And even then I was still like, OK, I know I love girls ministry. I know I love students, but what could that look like, you know, as a career? I don't know. And so I went to Southeastern. I chose um, to get my master's in Christian education because I knew that was sort of general um, and I could probably go different routes with that. And I added on biblical counseling because I knew I'm, I'm going to serve students in some way, even if it's like, you know, just as a volunteer, and that would come in handy. And I just trusted, there's a verse that just has always stuck in my mind from day one of trying to figure out what the Lord wanted me to do. It's Proverbs 16, 9. And it says, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And I just had this, it's just always come back to me. Like, I, I think I know the way the Lord is calling me Uh, I think I know what he wants me to do, but I trust that no matter what, he's just going to direct my steps and he's going to open the doors along the way. And all I knew is serve where I could in the church. I love students, love student ministry. So then I kept doing that, uh, went ahead and got my master's. And then I just knew that my part was to follow Jesus, to say yes, to put my yes on the table. And his part was to open the doors wherever he wanted me to go. Amen. Mm. Wow. That's so good. I love that you found, you kind of discovered slowly through serving 
because that was so similar for me and my church I'm really thankful they allowed us to start serving as high schoolers and that was huge because there's so many of us that discovered oh wow yeah this is something we want to pursue full-time this is something we want to give our lives to in whatever capacity and I think if you can if your church has the ability let students serve as soon as as you can wherever they can Shane uh, I know you spent a lot of time at camps this summer, um, Falls Creek and Long Hollow, some other ones, and you got to give a, a call to ministry and saw a really great response. What did you hear or see from leaders when it came to the follow-up care or the follow-up discipleship? Um, where did you see the greatest need? What were some gaps in that response? Yeah, I love that. And it has been, you know, it's really probably been the last two summers where there was a a really big intentional focus back on calling out the call. And I know we've all, you know, every single one of us, uh, Paul's been saying this, Lacey, you've been saying that, Catherine, you've been saying it's like, we truly believe God never stopped calling people to ministry leadership. For the most part, us as leaders stopped asking a whole generation to consider if God's calling them to ministry leadership. So I think now that we're asking again, people are saying, yes, I believe that's what God's calling me to do. So that's so exciting. And then I think we we're in a unique season with uh, Gen Z uh, because they are so cause-oriented anyway by nature. And when we go listen and we can expand their vision to go, the greatest cause there is, is the great commission of Jesus. You get to give your life away to this and people go, yeah, I believe God's called me to do that. I want to do it. It's been so amazing. Yeah, I think um, the after follow-up, because that's always the big question, right? Is like is like when you you do a, a message on calling, you give an invitation, a clear invitation on surrendering to a calling to ministry leadership or to the mission field. That's always the big question. Like, so what now? What do I do next? Uh, even leaders ask that question. I know Paul's mm-hmm. gotten that question mm-hmm. a ton as well. Is like, you know, whether it's uh, campus missionaries or local church college pastors or local church youth pastors or senior pastors go, hey, we just had five students surrender or 10 or 15, 20 students surrender ministry. We don't really know what to do with them. You know, and so what is that to do? Um, really, kind of what y'all have already said. First of all, I'd say the first thing you want to do is help them walk deeply with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, kind of what we defaulted to is to go, "Oh, you surrendered to ministry leadership. All right, now let's uh, let's figure out what your spiritual gifts inventory is. <laughs> let's figure out what your leadership aptitudes are." Let's figure out what your leadership lid is. Are you an eight? Are you a nine? How do we expand that? How do we make you a 10? Mm -hmm. And all those things are great tools. But I think if we're not careful, what we'll start discipling people in at the very beginning is we help them become very gifted and talented. And then sometimes those gifts and talents will put them in positions and platforms that their character and integrity is not ready for yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first thing we want to do is to help them build godly character and integrity. And there's no shortcutting that. The only way to build godly character and integrity is proximity with Jesus. Um, so I think what we need to do is to help them have very real, very deep spiritual disciplines because we're going to be at our best, right? When we serve and lead and teach um, out of the overflow of our of Jesus. So I, I've seen, you know, probably some of the best follow-up is going, all right, hey, you said yes to this. Now the discipleship is we're going to continue to help you walk even closer to Jesus and then serving. Uh, you know, we say it all the time, they're mm-hmm. the future of the church. They are the church right now. So how do we help them serve? And uh, I love what Catherine was saying a while ago is, and Lacey, you know, uh, you affirmed it, you know, in your own life is 
a lot of time God's going to reveal a specific calling and ministry on your life through serving. So sometimes yeah. God reveals calling through serving. So help them serve now, like give them opportunities now. Now, here's the deal. They're young. Will they mess up? Yes. Will they make mistakes? Yes. Will they fail? Yes. Will they run late? Probably. But, you know, but that's all part of the discipleship and teaching and and discipline in that. So I would say walk deeply with Jesus and let them serve now. Yeah. Good. So good. That's really good. Yeah, I think sometimes and um, nothing wrong with these ministries at all. I love them. But sometimes we pigeonhole women into children's or women's ministry. And sometimes that's just not the way women are, every woman is wired. Not every woman wants to spend time with kids, you know, constantly, or even discipling other women. Um, They might be gifted in hospitality or administrative or all kinds of other things. And so how can we, and Paul, maybe you can even help us with this, because I know it looks so different on college campuses, because obviously you don't have kids ministry typically. (laughs) Um, But how can we help women who are called into ministry discover and develop those unique gifts and point them to the right opportunities? um and discover where they really fit in yeah i'm so glad you pitched it my way because um, i was going to give a big plug for college ministry i think there are endless opportunities to work on a college campus and it's it's a great thing for someone that's just graduating from college Uh, maybe they're in a bcm baptist collegiate ministry or a church-based college ministry and they could come on kind of like what Catherine did with the student ministry there's a lot of opportunities for internship level, entry level positions in a college ministry context. And the thing about college ministers and college ministries is we're a little bit like we need help on every single aspect. <laughs> <laughs> and like we tend to be a little more disorganized. I'm not going to just say that across the board, but there's some very organized college ministers. But the kind of the grassroots um, missionary-like nature of what we're doing requires an all-hands-on-deck approach. So if you have an opportunity to step into a collegiate ministry staff role, man, that can give you reps in organizing events, um, even opportunities to speak, lead worship, um, all the all sorts of different elements there that um, doesn't kind of just silo you in one space. And so <laughs> I guess that's a free pitch for uh for college ministry i was gonna say every college minister is like amen amen (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we've noticed that actually in a lot of college ministries there's staff men on staff but there's a whole bunch of young women in the ministry that want to be discipled that need help that need a, a solid leader and the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few and there's a lot of ministries I could I could place if I had a hundred women that wanted to join college ministry staffs, I could go place them all right now. So just <laughs> if, if you're a young woman right now, like looking for opportunities, I mean, honestly, email us, um, email your local BCM um, or college pastor. Just look, that is I unfortunately college ministry is not really a category that's put before a lot of people. And so um, I, I, of course, I'm the college ministry guy, so I could talk all day about that. <laughs> but <laughs> what else do you guys have on that that question? I always think about the fact that we learn by doing and we grow by experience. So what better opportunity as a leader in ministry to help other specifically ladies discover and develop their gifts 
then giving them opportunities and allowing them to grow in different experiences. And you guys have mentioned several of those ways already, but a lot of times you see ministry leaders are overwhelmed. (laughs) They're overworked. They're overloaded. There Mm -hmm. are so many different ways that what if we were to, rather than just trying to take things on, take everything on ourselves, which I'm terrible at, by the way, like I (laughs) tend to do that. But what if we were to see those as opportunities to mobilize students, uh, Mm -hmm. to mobilize, like what can ladies do, you know, where can they serve and like give them opportunities and experiences and let them grow with, whether that's hospitality, whether that's teaching, whether that's leading worship, whether it's mission trips, there are all sorts of things, uh, whether that's helping put together a mission trip, you know, thinking through things that ministry leaders need help with anyway, and allowing ladies to serve in those areas. Um, And I think it's through those by doing and gaining experience that they're going to figure out what it is that they're one gifted at things that they love to do things that the Lord may be calling them to do. But it also helps the ministry leader, you know, who needs more Mm -hmm. hands on deck. So yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of times it's just maybe sit down initially conversations with the person that goes, I feel called to ministry leadership. What's that look like? How can I serve? I'll, I'll, one of the fun questions I love to just spin it back on them and go, what are, your, what are you passionate about? Like what makes your heart beat out of your chest? Because a lot of times, like I believe that's from the Lord. So how do you use that passion for God's glory? Um, because I think in the past, a lot of times a calling to ministry, people thought that was a calling to a stage. And there's so much more to ministry leadership than a calling to yeah. just the stage. You know, I think of even our oldest daughter, Reagan, who's uh, working part-time for our local church right now. If you put her on a stage in front of people, she would literally melt before your eyes. You know what I mean? Like she would hate, but she's really good and passionate about, you know, uh, graphics. And, and creating graphics and stuff like that. So that's how she's serving our church is by doing graphics and helping them with their uh, church app and, you know, putting things on the screens for them and creating things for student ministry events and it, behind the scenes, but totally a way to serve and to minister. And she feels called to that. So I think that's what's so cool about, uh, you know, the church today is the church, I believe, is constantly becoming more creative because we serve the most creative one of all, God who created the galaxies, you know, he's very creative, you know? And so I think there's just so many ways to serve too, even beyond just a stage. And I think in the past, we only thought a stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What, what are within all these things, some unique challenges that young women have maybe, I don't, I know that Shane and Paul might not be able to speak into this completely, or maybe, maybe you've just seen women walk through these things, but um, some unique challenges or different things, um, obstacles that they have to get through while pursuing a call to ministry. How can we encourage them in that? How can a leader help them through those things? Um, Maybe Catherine, you can start us off. Yeah, I, I think there are two different challenges that I think of immediately. The first is wondering, are there really opportunities for me? Um, and and getting over that hurdle, there are tons of opportunities for ladies in ministry. Um, and I would really challenge ladies here to say, like, hey, don't wait on something to come to you. Don't wait on an opportunity to come to you. How can you live life on mission every single day where God has you? Like whether it's in your church, whether it's in a a college ministry on campus, wherever it is, find a need and meet that need. Jump in wherever there's a need. So a lot of times we want to stand back 
and wait on things to come to us, maybe, you know, or we're not sure what to do and we don't really have people to talk to. I think that's where we really can be proactive and just start looking for ways to jump in and serve. Um, I always, I always say this, God has put us in places on purpose for a purpose. And we don't have to wait for some full-time job. Like we can live on mission every single day in every place that we are, because everywhere around us are people who are looking for hope. And what we know is they're looking for Jesus, you know? And so as we're finding these, these needs and meeting those needs, the Lord's going to open those doors and, and really guide us to where he wants, wants someone to serve and to be. So I think that's one challenge is, are there opportunities? The answer is yes, there are so many opportunities. Uh, I think another challenge uh, that we don't talk about a lot is is wondering will other people approve of what I feel like God's calling me to do, wow. and yeah. I think at some point we just have to for ourselves say, okay, am I trying to please man or am I trying to please God? You know, yeah. and and I get this like I am a people pleaser. I want approval of others. I want to know I'm doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, I think about Galatians one ten. And, and it says, am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And if mm. God puts a calling on our life, the best thing we can do is say yes and just run after that and pursue his calling on our life and not so much worry about what will other people think? Will other mm. people approve or not? Is this okay? Um, but follow Jesus and and run hard after the mission that he's given us no matter where it is and at the end of the day it's it's him it's god's approval that matters and we have to be willing just to step out in faith and say yes and go after that calling so i think that's a challenge that a lot of ladies have but don't really vocalize often yeah that's so good yeah, I would add there's like a general um this applies to both men and women uh young men and women that are exploring a call a lot of times they try to specialize too soon they kind of think okay yeah. well i'm god's calling me to be a in youth ministry or mm-hmm. missions mm-hmm. going to japan or whatever it is like trying to be so specific when usually god calls someone to a general call of ministry leadership and a passion mm-hmm. to serve and you take a lot of times the lord provides the opportunities that he's leading you to and so i do sense a general um sense of anxiety that someone that has a call to ministry might feel a lot of times is oh man i gotta figure out exactly what god's will is when i'm kind of like man there if there's multiple opportunities before you like pray about it and consider it use wise counsel but also like which one do you want to do? <laughs> like, like, which one excites you the most? Yeah. Like, if your passion is for God, you can trust those passions. And so, like, if your passion is to serve the Lord and follow him, like, if you want to do this journeyman program with the International Mission Board, like, that is an awesome opportunity to go see the world, get reps, and all sorts of things. And I've never had someone come back from one of those journeyman programs and been like, oh, I just wasted two years of my life. Like, I've never talked to anyone that did. Or also NAM has journeyman programs. Like, there's opportunities out there that you can just take and explore those those options. So I, I encourage people to take a more of a broader faith-based um, kind of risk. Uh, take a risk for the kingdom and step out in faith 
and see what opportunities the Lord provides. Yeah, that's such a good word, Paul. And I, I want to encourage leaders that are listening to this and you go, hey, um, I'm already given invitations to a calling to ministry leadership or I'm going to start that. Consider um, that's one thing I've added to that invitation. Uh, it, just echoing what you said, Paul, is like, I think it'd be um, a, a wise on our part to add that to our invitations of calling ministry leadership going, hey, maybe you don't even know what this looks like for you. You have no idea specifically what God's calling you. You just feel like this stirring in you to ministry leadership. Just put your yes on the table and the sovereignty of God and the providence of God will figure out the rest of it. Because sometimes it's for stages too, right? I mean, we all have done multiple different ministries through our life. You know, I think I was in youth ministry for a while, then a teaching pastor, and then a lead pastor, then a state convention, now with Nam. And so sometimes it's for different stages. But one thing you do know, God's called you to ministry leadership, to serve the church, to make disciples, to make Jesus known. So that's ultimately what you're saying yes to. And, you know, uh, I think just really, you know, in light of this part of that discipleship too, that we, we may have to consider, especially if you're working with college students or teenagers is that sometimes God's dream for a young person looks different than their parents dream for them. So part of that journey, sometimes the discipling that student is you got to disciple those parents too. When a young person goes, I feel God's calling me to ministry and, and mom and dad goes, well, I, I feel God's calling you to be a lawyer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. how do you help navigate that with those parents too, I think is always a part of that equation, you know? Mm. I think it would be helpful uh, for leaders to help students realize like, hey, you're not powerful enough to mess up God's will for your life. <laughs> you um, know, so so just like following him, if they're serving him in those in, in opportunities, they may have more than one opportunity. And that's fantastic. You can't mess it up. And kind of what, what Paul, you were saying a few minutes ago, just choose one and and the Lord will do the rest. That's good. Yeah, I feel like I'm hearing a common theme of all this of really one, just being faithful and being really bold and intentional. I feel like most of the girls that I've had the opportunity to disciple or mentor, they were really hungry for it. And there was a side of it of me being intentional and reaching out to them because they are young and they're students. But a lot of it was them reaching out to me, them just having a hunger for wanting more, wanting more opportunities, wanting to understand more. And same on my end, the family that mentored me in, in high school, it was a lot of me just coming over and they didn't invite me every day, but they just said, hey, open invite. And wow. like, we're here and we're available as much as you want it. And it wow. was a matter of me seeking it out. And so I think that's a really good encouragement because you're right, Catherine. And Shane, you kind of echo this a little bit too. Of Sometimes girls specifically don't feel as comfortable seeking out those opportunities. But I know so many women are eager to pour into those women. Um, one of the most interesting shifts in... I don't know if I want to say it's interesting or if it's sad or exciting. I think there's pros and cons to it, but that we're seeing with Gen Z is that for the very first time, we're seeing that men are more religious than women. And I think this trend is going to continue on with Gen Alpha, just from what um, researchers are, sh are doing right now and what they're reporting on. I think that's great because I think men do need to step up. And I think that's going to be an awesome thing for families and churches, but it's sad because I feel like we are losing a lot of women or we have lost a lot of women. And I, I see stats like that. And I'm like, man, we need to disciple and mobilize our women better. So why do y'all think we are seeing this shift? I, I try to think of some things. And, and honestly, I, I am confused because I feel like we 
have really focused on women in the last 20 years or so. Um, why do y'all think we're seeing this shift and what do you think it means for the future of the church? Well, yeah, that's a great, I just have one thought and I, I think it comes back to who we have on our staff. So we have student, a lot of times it's just like in student ministry, it's just one youth pastor and it's a dude, you know, and it's a guy. And uh, it would be really helpful if a church could find it in their budget or find a way to have some women on staff to be a part of that youth ministry. And I know that's that's a that's a money, that's a real like tangible issue. Or even on the college campus, a lot of times in college ministry, there's more staff men than there are staff women. And so I think you that's just one kind of logical theory I have is it's a trickle-down effect of these staff that are raising up the next generation. If it's primarily men, they're going to primarily disciple men and work with men, and those men are going to disciple other men. And um, I think I think God just it, we need more women to step into next gen ministry roles, um, whether that's with students or in college ministry. And I think if we just had a growing number of staff women in both of those spaces, um, that would that would definitely help. <laughs> so. Catherine, what do you think? I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Catherine. I know it's like it's a heavy oh, yeah. question. It is. It is. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think um, I think there's always that question of where's my place, and if we can just help uh, ladies specifically see, no, you do have a place, you know, as a part of the body of Christ, you have a place and to be intentional, um, about not just waiting on, um, ladies to come to the student leader or whoever and ask for opportunities, but to be intentional, to go to them and give opportunities. I think people find value in that and purpose in that. And, and they're encouraged when other people see, um, uh, potential, you know, um, and so I think it all is in that discipleship category is just discipling them and giving opportunities. So I think it goes back to a lot of what we've already talked about, um, but to value um, young ladies and to let them know that, hey, God has called them specifically to be a part of what he's doing to point other people to Jesus. And, you know, as followers of Jesus, it really doesn't matter whether we're we're male or female. We all have this calling on our life to go and make disciples. And man, I think if 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 students in general just got a taste of what that's like to be a part of pointing someone else to Jesus, I mean, they're going to be fired up and that's what they're going to want to be about no matter where they are or, you know, they just want to be about that. And so how can we equip and then mobilize uh, students and particularly women um, to be a part of um, what God's doing uh, to expand the kingdom? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, Lacey, I'm so glad you you brought this up because I think there's been a shift for sure. Um, one one aspect that's positive is that I believe God is moving amongst young men. They're stepping yeah. up because probably for a, a well over a decade, uh, it was mainly young girls who were leading the charge. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and I'm always the first to say, listen, teenage girls and college student girls are always way mature, more mature than the guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so a lot of times when you're looking at in the past, 
who was largely surrendering to ministry? Probably 60% of them, the 70% of them were girls. When you would look in any student ministry or college ministry, who was the core that was really leading the charge? A lot of times it was girls, you know? Um, and so uh, I, I am excited that God's moving amongst men and young men and, and calling them up. They're stepping up to charge. But then when it looks to uh, to young ladies, uh, I think a part of a shift of it too is a little bit culturally, you know, because girls tend to be uh, more sensitive. They they tend to be more compassionate. They tend to be more kind and caring. And there is a, a cultural agenda that is telling young people that you cannot be compassionate and religious. You can't be kind and Christian right? You can't be, you know, loving and for truth, right? That you have to pick one or the other. And so I think sometimes in a natural bend to go, oh, well, I want to be kind and compassionate and loving. Um, and so I think it, they think they have to reject religion or Christianity or the truth to do that. And so I think it goes back to discipleship is really where, especially like it's already been mentioned is, is mature, um, godly women uh, who are loving and for absolute truth to be able to disciple young ladies to go, listen, the best kind of love you can have is by pointing people to Jesus, um, that God has called us to spirit and truth. The best way to be kind and compassionate is to show them the love of Christ, that really that is the most loving thing you can do is to love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbors yourself, and not just impact and serve people to meet their physical needs, but also impact and serve people to meet their spiritual needs. So I think it is a discipleship thing for sure. Mm, that's such an interesting thought about the kind and compassionate. When you put that to words, I was like, that is very true. And I am seeing that in, in our culture. And I think there are honestly just a lot of cultural lies specifically towards women. Um, yeah. And honestly, even like within the gender confusion and all of it, I think it all ties together. And mm. um, that makes a lot of sense. I have yeah. one last deep maybe sweet endearing question for you guys each of you has a daughter or daughters if your daughter felt a unique call to full-time ministry or vocational ministry what is the number one thing you would want her to know oh <laughs> we'll, we'll clip it and send it to them <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna shed a tear on this one yeah. <laughs> no i would say I love you, Evelyn. <laughs> no, no. And uh, and then I would I would just encourage her that it's about um personal discipleship and personal evangelism and disciple making. Get reps wherever you are now in hands-on ministry and go deep in your faith. And it's not necessarily you need to do a whole list of new things, it's really dig in and be faithful where God is calling you now. And so if she's in a youth ministry or a college ministry setting that's what i would tell her is like and then look for other opportunities just to serve not as like on a staff role or a, a leadership role look for opportunities to serve in the context you are now and so faithful little and you'll be faithful in much so that would be but what I would, what I would tell her. Yeah. I would probably tell my daughters the same thing that was told to me whenever I was 25, um, is somebody told me, Hey, you focus on the depth of your ministry and let the Lord focus on the width and platform of it. So just walk deeply with Jesus and let him worry about the platforms, who, where, when, what, all of that, just walk deeply 
um, with Jesus. And uh, you focus on the depth of your ministry. Let the Lord focus on the width and platform of it. Uh, I would tell my daughter, uh, one, that I'm I'm proud of her and cheering her on. Mm-hmm. I also would want her to know that, hey, if God is calling her to it, he's going to equip her for it. And mm-hmm. she can just trust him. Uh, I think with that, um, I would just want her to know that her impact for Jesus is going to come out of the overflow and not the overload. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not about all that she can do for Jesus, but it's about what Jesus has done for her and is doing in and through her. And so to focus on that. That's good. That is so good. Well, we hope this episode has just been encouraging and equipping for you guys. I'm so thankful, Catherine, that you were able to join us and just share your wisdom. I know that it was really helpful and encouraging to me, and I know it's going to be helpful and encouraging to those who listen. We actually have some resources for you at callingoutthecalled.com. Just calling out the called all spelled out.com. And there is a section on discipling women who are called to ministry. And there's a discipleship guide there and some videos. So you can head to that website and dive in a little bit deeper and honestly, even just walk practically with some girls in your ministry. You can give that to a female leader in your ministry and they'll feel ready and equipped to do that. And we are so excited for this next season and we can't wait to dive into more topics. We pray this has blessed you. Go and continue to make Jesus known.